0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Jonesing for Sports, where the only obvious big news to talk about this week is that Dan Campbell said, we don't want Kurds here, man, and Miguel Cabrera hit a home run in a blizzard. Nah, you guys know that's not true, but the real news that you guys don't know is that he's back, baby! You know who we're talking about. The one, the only, the king of the Jonesing for Sports intro Cody Jones.
1: What's happening Jones and for Sports Nation? It's good to be back. We have had a march full of madness, so we are going to be discussing some of the great runs that took place as well as the downfall of our beloved Michigan. And there's going to be probably some tempers flaring I think from Travis here right next to me, so let's not waste any time and get right into it.
2: You know what what this tells me what, what this, does this tells tell me you? is that Cody is uh I think he's attracted to the sadness because all it took for him <laughs> to get back on the show was Michigan handing a Final Four entrance to a completely underwhelming UCLA. <laughs> I
0: was thinking about that too, where we finally got Cody back and the one of the last times we had him was when he had that epic sad (laughs) eulogy intro uh so code do you just love the sadness do you like to bathe in the tears i (laughs) i can't dispel that notion i i hadn't considered
1: it myself honestly um but i mean after the michigan game i was a part of a text thread with these two just texting angrily uh for hours on end after a game that started at 10 o'clock i mean everybody should have been asleep by that point and so um i had a feeling this was going to be a very negative pod and i thought i had some takes that will possibly not be accepted super warmly uh but it might give a good balance to the pod so i figured i should probably show up and uh offer my two
0: cents yeah when uh when Cody said he had potentially some positive takes from that game, Brandon's what? first text okay, to him said, well, are you ready for us to just yell at you? <laughs> I never
1: said I had positive. I, I'm eating the microphone.
2: Hey, you got it. <laughs> you <gotta eat> it. <laughs> Travis is shoving
1: nom, nom, this in my nom, nom, face. Nom, <laughs> higher? Yeah,
2: that's perfect.
1: Okay. So <laughs> I never said I had positive takes for the game. All I said was that I had some takes that I think you guys will not like.
0: That that's it <laughs> and my understanding of that is that you're going to be positive about things that don't need to be positive about right now It's you said March Madness and madness uh, couldn't be more accurate for where I was at with my feelings you know Trav during this time off I've been doing a
1: lot of reading a lot of working on myself you gotta let go of all that negative bottle up emotion it's just not good for your well being dude <laughs> I'm here to help you guys
0: it's honestly i saw i saw that in real p- time today uh cody and i had a disc golf tournament match match play and uh we got our butts totally kicked killed it oh i mean oh. <laughs> killed it <laughs> and uh cody was the zen master out there uh and i was not i was just a rage man rage zen machine master with zero
1: game <laughs> it didn't, it didn't translate
0: so uh but now i'm gonna Probably be a rage monster again on this pod, Brandon. I'm expecting probably the same from you, uh, based on the text I received from you after that game. See if you guys uh, are both just raging at each other. That's going to be no good. I need you.
1: I need to give you somebody to direct that rage at, even if that means I'm going to be the martyr on this
0: show. I don't think we need a martyr on the show, and I don't want to get into it too early. But there's a martyr on the sideline for Michigan that I'd love to rip into right now.
1: That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm here.
2: <laughs> You know, I, yeah. I think, uh, unfortunately, the fire within me has mellowed a little bit since the night of, which is why I kind of wanted to pod earlier because I feel like it's more fun to have that raw, like, probably takes you shouldn't say in record, but that's also the fun of it. <laughs> um, so I've had some time to reflect. I think my anger is a little bit towards uh, the fans. I'm so sick of of fans having such a black and white view of things, and there's no in-between ever. Either it's, uh, you have to, like, the people are, fans are trashing, like, the players, like, they're saying Franz Wagner isn't going to get drafted, he's going to be a terrible pick, or, like, I hope I never see Mike Smith again. Like, yeah, they played badly, but that's, that's just being a poor fan. Or the others are like, you can never, ever say something bad about Juwan Howard. He is an angel sent from above, and he saved this program. And this is a program on the rise. And if you say something bad about Juwan Howard, you are not a fan of Michigan. And it's like, holy cow, people. Find that gray area and live there because that's reality. Players can play bad, but you don't have to attack them. Coaches can coach bad, and it's okay to say so. But you don't have to glorify or vilify. You can live in the middle and stop. Oh,
0: it's like, can I vilify a little bit though, please?
2: Okay. So I'm not saying like, (laughs) that's, that's my point is we, we, you act like you're not allowed to criticize a coach if, if you generally like the coach, which is bull crap. If you like a coach, you should be able to criticize him. I criticize John Beeline. Bless his heart. Like <laughs> that, he just seems like the kind of guy that would hug hug sick puppies in a puddle. Like, just a nice man. And he was a great basketball coach. I criticized him, and I loved him. He's my favorite Michigan coach of all time. He's a racist. That's okay. Bro. Oh, stop it. That's okay. You, you, you go and live in Cleveland, Cody. And I don't even want to hear you talk again on this podcast because the Cleveland Cavaliers. Ruined a perfectly good coach. And you know what? I didn't think this is where the rage would be pointed <laughs> <No>. at today. <laughs> I'm sick of it. Oh, <laughs> it is okay to call people out. It's also not okay to just be like, oh, Juwan Howard, he's the worst coach ever. He's not the worst coach ever, but he also isn't the best coach ever. And it's He might be too- the
0: worst coach at late game situations ever.
2: In in game, I have lots of bones to pick, uh, and we we can get into that. But my my biggest thing is just there is no in between. Either you have to praise or you have to hate. There there is a a nice area in the middle, the squishy center that we need so to yeah. live at.
1: Trav, I want to hear your take now because I feel like you're not so
0: much living in that gray squishy center. <laughs> No, if you read the texts I sent these guys, like, so... Uh, <laughs> There's
1: one particularly uh, not incriminating, <laughs> but just, like... I- I'll
0: say pretty up, straight-up
1: heinous text. <laughs> <that> <laughs> what, did I, what did I say? I don't even you remember. You said you were out on Juwan Howard <laughs> because of that game. You're, you're done with him. Is that where you are currently sitting, or is that similar to the... Uh, The take that Killian Hayes (laughs) is the worst draft pick, even worse than Darko
2: Milchich.
1: And you kind of regretted that a little bit. Are we talking
0: same territory, or are you sticking to your words of that text message? So, hold on on the regret with the Killian. We're yet to be proven if I'm right or wrong yet, so you guys hold your horses on that one.
2: (laughs) Yeah, just just wait till the guys drafted after him become Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh,
0: <laughs> uh, and Carmelo. Well,
1: what were you? T- we oh, shouldn't yeah. spend too much time on this. But what were you telling me that it doesn't matter like who was
0: drafted around him? All I said was I was just comparing the people, not the people around him. So their effectiveness so far at Detroit. Not looking at the Boshes and the Carmelos drafted around him yet. Yes, that's obviously part of it. Shout out Nathan Parks. You're probably right. Uh, Nate, I told you he was still holding on to this. (laughs) Nathan Parks, for you guys listening, super fan, also our cousin. Uh, He gives us notes on about every podcast we do afterwards on things we got right or wrong. One of the ones that he called us in about that we got wrong was we kept saying that Killian had no left hand. And, well... We were so wrong. Killian's left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> You're <It's>... halfway right. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh,
2: speaking of left-handed, I did not realize how how uh, dependent Hunter Dickinson is on his left hand. Man, that was a cr- it really crippled him in that game. And I think maybe UCLA. That's just really good scouting. They're the first team I saw that really just forced him to use his right, and he refused.
0: I didn't know Hunter Dickinson had any hands that could do anything in that game.
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: (laughs) But that's because everybody on that UCLA side knew exactly where he was going with the ball. He never hit him with a counter. Maybe one time he tried like an up and under and it didn't work, but every time he's going for that hook with the same hand, and even the baskets he got where he would strut down the court flexing, super pumped, they were tough shots that honestly, like, they might go, but there's a good chance that they wouldn't have not consistent and yeah
2: like you said i think the scouting on him was on point here here's the defense for travis travis is actually at this game when when you spend the money and take the time to drive to indy (laughs) to attend these games you've got a little bit more invested in it and then you see that stinker like uh, that's why i've had such a hard time with with harbaugh is i've i've actually made a uh, attempt to go to a game every year not not doing that anymore it's not worth it, and <laughs> when when your coach just throws the games away at the end and is so stubborn in the way that they think and they don't they don't account for how the game has been played and how players are feeling. Oh, so I'll, I'm defending Travis. I don't think he's out on Juan Howard. He might say that well, let's next hear from year. Travis himself. Next year, let the, the team man speak is, for himself. Is bringing in some I'm out really out on good Juwan players. How- no.
1: <laughs> I told you, I told you.
2: As soon as as this team, you know, makes some noise in the Big Ten, goes on another March Madness run, Travis will be right back on that bandwagon. (laughs) I think, I think what he's saying is that he is out on Juwan Howard's. uh, I really appreciate the the honeymoon for me right here. (laughs) I mean, is that is that not what the honeymoon is over? At first, it's like Juwan Howard, the savior. And, and he's going to appear in stained glasses, you know, like he's going to be in a church, like as a statue icon, right? Uh, I, I think we've seen that. I'm going to go into my spiel. There are There's a big three, a big three of program success. Number one is culture. Juwan Howard has built Check. a masterful culture. His culture is the strongest thing about him as a coach. Number two is talent. Culture beats talent. Culture leads to player development, which is where we see guys like Brandon Johns explode at the end. Oh, that was awesome. Uh, and then talent, obviously. And the third one is coaching. And Juan has half of the coaching equation. Their game prep is usually r- spot on. In-game, I think, is probably what Travis is saying. His in-game adjustments suck. And we and he hasn't learned because we go back to that Ohio State game, where they took a three at the last second. And everyone questioned it. With that Mike Smith three, that step back three. When we could have gone inside, to Hunter Dickinson who tore up the Buckeyes. We didn't need three. We just needed two. And uh, they they took multiple threes at the end against U- UCLA. We didn't need three. And it was the, the guys taking threes played horrible. Uh, I don't know why we've got Franz Wagner shooting threes, but uh, that's that's the the big three. And before you think it, it's not Aliens, Androids, and Wizards, if you've watched Captain uh, – or was it uh, The it's, Falcon uh, and Winter Soldier? The Falcon and Winter Soldier. So it's culture, talent, and coaching. If you go back to f- – so basketball's almost got three, but they've they definitely got two. Football's only got one, and that's talent. They don't have culture or coaching. But going into, <laughs> going into basketball <laughs> – if Harsh. you look through the schedule, it's true. If you look through the schedule, they didn't have close games this year. They blew out teams, and they got blew out. They had a maybe a handful of close games, and in those close games, that's where you start to see some really suspect coaching decisions. And so their t- their culture and their talent carried them through the season, and that third one. That in game coaching adjustments is gonna be the key if they want to make Final Fours and win championships. They they won the Big Ten championship this year. Some would say there's an asterisk there based on, you know, COVID pauses and things like that. If they want to continue to compete at that level, Juwan has to get better as a coach, especially in game, because I think he made horrible, horrible choices. He got thoroughly outclassed by Mick Cronin. On the other hand, he thoroughly outclassed uh leonard hamilton of florida state so i mean you win some you lose some but uh at at that point you gotta see they've got the direction going pretty good but that in-game coaching at this point i think is that's i think what travis is saying he's out on the in-game adjustments because that's where i'm at and i want to see growth there but maybe travis thinks that the program is burning and that they're gonna suck forever
1: I was going to say, it seems like maybe you were projecting a little bit here. So, Trav, what are you, what are you thinking?
0: I'm out on Juwan Howard. I'm oh, my gosh. Michigan. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm not out on him. Uh, I think you nailed it. Uh, it's like you were in my mind. So, I, I don't even, Brandon can talk for me for the rest of this. Uh, but, no, that night I was 1,000% out on Juwan Howard. <laughs> I was so angry. The uh, – so i i was lucky enough to get to go to the game which was awesome but was another reason why i was so angry was it was a home game for michigan yeah it you was can hear
2: it
0: there on was TV. uh and that was i was one of those crazy people just screaming my head off i lost my voice by the end of it uh which was so much fun uh there was probably 80% of the people there were michigan if not more and that was it was so loud and for we were social distance still too. So for a covid situation, the loudness, it was such a sweet atmosphere and to put up a crap show like they did 49 for, points for the people who paid overpaid for those tickets like the idiot I am who bought them before they were fully announced and then the day before the game the ticket prices crashed and I overspent by a ton. And so, and I was thinking at that end, ending of that game, if they just win this, it's worth every penny that I overpaid. Yep. If they win this, if they make this one shot, if they go to overtime and can pull this out. Well, you know what? They didn't even want to try to go to overtime. They had three opportunities to go to overtime or even take the lead at the beginning when Mike Smith pulled up for that three. uh, And they chose not to. They decided to do the lazy opportunity, in my opinion, to go for glory. And to go for glory in a foolish fashion with people who weren't shooting good that game. Uh, but I'm sure we'll break this down piece by piece in a, a minute. But ultimately, you're right, Brand. I'm not out on him. Uh, I'm out on his in-game coaching because he proved it to me and to all the Michigan fans there and all the Michigan fans around the world that they let down. I won't blame them. They won't blame the players too much verbally. Even Here, mentally, I might because they're not paid. paid! He's paid! To be a good coach and to be prepared for situations like this, and he was not.
2: Here, here's a little more fuel for your fire, Trav. What's so frustrating? Oh, thank you.
0: I need it, obviously.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what, what's so frustrating is, uh, you're, you're not. Okay, I, I kind of came on the side of I'm mad at the fans who aren't upset, who they're just everything sunshine and rainbows <laughs> because the future is so bright under Juan. and I do think it's bright, but you have to take the opportunities in front of you. And you can't take future opportunities for granted and just think they're always going to be there. The last time Michigan was a one seed, I wasn't even one year old yet. It was 1993 when John Howard was a player. So there's no guarantee that Michigan will have this type of team again. There's no guarantee that Michigan's going to have that kind of path again. A chance to go to the Final Four and all you have to beat is an 11 seed. Now, I know seeds you know, don't matter that much, whatever. UCLA has proven throughout the year that they are not an elite team. And I think we're going to see that when they play Gonzaga. And that's also so frustrating is Michigan didn't need to win the championship. They just needed to win one more game, and then that capped their season. No one was going to be upset if they lost to Gonzaga. If they had made it to the Final Four... Got blown up by Gonzaga. Everyone would say, we get to hang another banner. Gonzaga is a team of destiny. They were meant to win anyways. And to lose to UCLA, to give them that opportunity, uh, so far below us team, is just ridiculous. And that's, that's what's so frustrating to me is people who are like, we're, we're going to have more Final Four opportunities. You don't know that. Teams go decades without making the Final Four. That's why it's so special. And when you have that opportunity, you can't just give it up. And uh, Trav says you can't you can be too bad, mad at the players. You know, you can, get, you can be frustrated that they didn't perform. Uh, I wonder if, you know, you talked about the, the atmosphere there. If it was just too big of a stage. You know, this first time maybe they had that much energy in a, a stadium. And you saw guys like Mike Smith, who usually is rock solid, played horrible. Franz Wagner, usually rock solid, played horrible. Hunter Dickinson played like trash. And actually Hunter the Dickinson. only guys that played Oof. very well were Brandon Johns and Shawnee Brown. And here is where I get really mad. <laughs> where was Sean D. Brown? He was on fire and towards the end of the game they didn't give him any chances to shoot the ball. They didn't even have him on the court towards the last couple minutes. And it's like, "Come on, coach, you got to feed the hot guy." If if Franz Wagner is 1 for 10 from the field, and Shaundi Brown is like three of four, give it to Shaundi. He's been your savior all year against LSU. Who brought them back in the game? Shawnee Brown. Against Ohio State, who brought them back into the game? Shaundi Brown. I'm so sick of him just having him pigeonholed into the -the off-the-bench role. If a guy's hot, let him play. If he's hot, feed him. If he's not, then let them kind of get eased back into the flow of the game and don't force-feed guys like Hunter Dickinson – uh, or Wagner, or especially Mike Smith. Mike Smith needed to play about half as much. Sometimes he's a liability, <laughs> and sometimes he's great. When he's great, let him let him free. When he's not, Eli Brooks can run the point just fine. And then you let Shawty go.
0: We were talking about we can't really get on players hard, but there's one player that I want to get on really hard right now, and it's Johnny. What's his last name? Juzang Johnny Juzang oh, from UCLA. What a game! Shot amazing. What I'm getting on him for though is the LeBron effect. Of the dude turned his ankle. Air quotes was crying on the freaking court. Oh and he did this in the Michigan State game too. At the end of that game, came back and played the in two days, uh, totally fine. Uh, and, uh, to his credit, he's had ankle issues in the past. But dude, you are a Division One athlete. If you can go walk behind the curtain, stretch it out, and come back on, you'd better not be helped off the floor by three different people, like, crying. We've all turned our ankles before. The man up. This is college sports right now, if anybody's listening that plays. Freaking man up, walk off the floor. It bugs me so much. You shot great, Johnny. Great game, okay? Good job. That's all I'll say. <laughs> i say. I disagree with that
1: one, honestly, because you see so many guys given that little ankle tweak, and they go down, and they're, like, practically weeping. And then you see the bench, and they're all weeping, and it's like they tore an ACL or something. And then they're back playing the same game. I'm pretty sure it was Baylor's big man I watched do that, maybe in the round of 32. I'm not positive. And then he's right back in the game. Johnny, I thought, like, he went down, but – he was never to that same extent, just like absolutely devastated at what happened. Sometimes you just mess up your ankle and you gotta walk it off for a sec. I don't expect him to just be miraculously better. I I thought he handled that better than most, honestly,
0: but I could be wrong. I don't know. In person, I was giving him the business from the four million throw up. Uh, oh man, so. you had a pretty <laughs> good view from the four million throw,
2: huh? <laughs> Yeah, your, your hater uh, fuel just gave him that much more gas to just go yeah, off and light really up Michigan. Up. <laughs> Thanks a lot, what Trav. What I thought
1: you were going to say was as soon as he went down, the ref started mysteriously looking to see how much time to put back on the clock.
2: Yeah, that was like, dumb. What, they took
1: like a good few minutes to give – I mean, that's not why Michigan lost the game or anything like that, but – it was pretty annoying to watch from home. Like, what are we stopping the game for? People get hurt. That's what very, I thought you were talking about.
2: Very frustrating. Uh, also agreeing with Cody that it is not the difference in the game, but at the same time, it could have been. Uh, clear hook and hold miss on Hunter Dickinson. Uh, definition oh textbook my hook and hold that they decided not to enforce. Uh, they called the foul, not even a so review. they saw it, but they didn't even yeah. look at it, and that was awful. And, uh, you know, there's a couple different plays, like, I was really upset where uh, Franz Wagner was defending the UCLA player was at about the free throw line, shot it, airballed it, and the coaches for UCLA just assumed that Wagner hit his elbow. So they are just in the ref's ear. And Mick Cronin is, like, hitting his own elbow saying, they pay you to make this call. They pay you to make this call. Just, like, getting on this ref. Next time down the court, they get a makeup call for Eli Brooks on a charge where literally uh, – Tiger Campbell just like throws his body into him and they call it a charge. And th- the reason they call that a charge is because they are trying to ma- make up for the missed uh, shooting foul where Franz was literally three feet away from touching the guy's elbow. And uh, just so there's, there's points, you know, left out there. Michigan left enough points out there just by missing bunnies. I mean, layup after layup, shot after shot. But fishing was bad both ways.
0: Maybe, maybe it's because I'm a bitter. Uh, poor loser, but Mick Cronin was doing that the entire game, uh, even when the cameras weren't on him. He was up and down that sideline complaining and yelling, uh, and it was really obnoxious. <laughs> I like I just wanted to heckle, if I was closer, I just wanted to heckle Mick Cronin the whole time, because he was such he was just obnoxious persona on the sideline. Uh, I, I hate just ripping on <laughs> these UCLA people when I've got a whole list of Michigan stuff, but just two cents on Mick Cronin. He's uh, he's pushed him to a good spot, but yeah, uh,
2: great he's something. Great, great job coaching. But it's it's hard not to uh, to be annoyed by a guy who looks like an egg.
1: You <laughs> he can't help that, Bran.
2: <laughs> Why does he have so- like alopecia or
1: something? <laughs>
2: I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he does. You don't know this. <laughs> hey Mick, your eyebrows on your elbow.
0: So let's, let's move on. Let's get into
2: breaking <laughs> down uh, kind
0: of list by list what we saw from that Michigan game. Uh, like we said, we stayed up till about 3 a.m. texting because
2: uh, we oh, just couldn't I was, sleep. I, I, I wasn't even going to try to sleep until I just turned on video games because I was in a rage. I was seeing red. And then Travis would text me, and then I would start all over again. <laughs> and I didn't probably get to sleep until 4 o'clock in the morning. It was bad. <laughs>
0: I literally was in the crowd of people leaving the stadium and I had, I called Brandon as I'm walking out to the the Uber outside and just like yelling to Brandon on the phone, my anger. And uh, Hannah, who I went with, she didn't know I was on the phone. She was like, I think she just thought I was yelling to everyone who would hear (laughs) (laughs) all the things I was angry with. And she turned around and she was like, shh what i was like no i'm talking to brandon <laughs> just looked like a crazy person yeah i think she thought i was just a crazy person just <laughs> <laughs> raging out in the public uh but we stayed up super late talking about this because we just couldn't sleep with the the anger and thoughts that were brewing so we've got a list that we kind of texted through of reasons uh that game went so so poorly uh one of the first ones that uh came to mind on our list was just hunter dickinson hunter dickinson second team all-american uh non-factor in the first half the only factor for 10 minutes of the second half and then non-existent again uh what were your guys' thoughts on his appearance in that game uh what was what was the issue or what was good well, I think we kind of covered it pretty well early
1: that it just looked like UCLA had read the report on this guy. And we kind of saw, like, at the start of the year, Hunter Dickinson turned into this superstar for a few weeks. And then it kind of seemed like people figured him out, you know. If you watch him for very long, you'll see the guy does not have a very deep repertoire of moves in the post. And they would just smother him. And so I'm kind of curious what you guys think we should have done differently necessarily because he really did start to struggle there. Um, after he had his little hot five-minute stretch. But we were also starting to get their bigs in real foul trouble. So I'm honestly not certain what the change should have been.
2: It's tough. I I think that generally the plan for the game was go through Dickinson because U.S.Lay didn't have any guys who could really check him. And their tallest guy was 6'9". And I think that was plan A. And everything else was, okay, if Hunter doesn't go... Because all year, if Hunter had a bad game, Franz Wagner played awesome. Or Isaiah Livers played awesome. And actually, that guy was Brandon Johns. He played well, but they didn't really... I don't think they have enough confidence in him to kind of go to him as a second option yet. So while he did make individual plays, he wasn't really a big part of the offense, per se. Uh, So it's tough, because if that's plan A, you kind of want to just keep trying plan A, especially after that burst Trav mentioned in the second half. Uh, But honestly, it's, I would like to see him number one, get more playing time, but also have a lower usage where you're not going through him every single possession and allow him to maybe just be more in the flow of the offense. If you're going to go to him every time, his efficiency is going to tank at the same time. He didn't even play 30 minutes. Like if, if he is your key to the game, he had two rebounds. That shows you the kind of effect he was having. If he, if he is getting used offensively that much, he's not going to be available to get those easy offensive rebounds that he should be getting after other guys miss shots. Which holy cow, did they miss shots in some offensive rebounds by your seven foot two center would have been huge. And then he can get points off of an easy putback rather than trying to make those tough contested you know post shots that he was going for all game. So. If you've got a mismatch, play him more, but you don't necessarily have to use him every single time down the court. Especially if he is struggling, boy, he's got to work on his hands. First couple possessions, he had a couple turnovers. He's been struggling with that for the past month, and that's that's something that has been just killer. Well,
0: that's my biggest takeaway and frustration with uh, him. I almost said Teske <laughs> uh, because that's how it felt. There was it almost felt like a lack of energy, and yeah. it, it looked like a lack of effort. And, no, it wasn't. Uh, I know he was given everything, but it looked that way with how he – two rebounds, that's inexcusable when you're a seven-footer and the next biggest guy is 6'9". Like, we looked slow uh, getting rebounds many times. Uh, And his hands, that's something all year we would look at and go – he would make some just catches. Like, the ball just stuck in his hand so well all year long. And in this game, things were slipping through his hands – he couldn't catch or hold on to balls. Uh, I don't know if it was jitters or they were sweaty. Couldn't. I don't know what it was, but his hands were not the same as what we saw all season long. Uh, may, and like you said, he struggled with that the last few games as well. Uh, he's only a freshman too. Maybe it's he's uh, still working on the mental part of the game and not letting the stage get to him. Because the last month, like you said, that's all been tournament, conference tournament games and March Madness games. Uh, that's a big stage, and he made second-team All-American kind of after they announced that. It was kind of downhill for him. So uh, the hands were the frustration with him on my part, no, even more so than his down-low moves or his efficiency. If he could have just been a little tougher on it with his hands, I think we win that game.
2: Yeah, and uh, you mentioned it looked like there was low effort and that two two rebounds – is unacceptable you know who led the team in rebounds Sean D. Brown he had nine <laughs> because he gives max effort out there so uh, I do agree that I, it did look like there was just a lackadaisical. so it, it could be a conditioning thing maybe that's why he's only getting 29 minutes when he is he clearly should be getting like 34 35 I'd like to see him kind of go through the Luca Garza program where I mean Luca Garza will play 40 minutes the guy is a machine. But he's also like six eleven, seven foot. It's not impossible for Hunter Dickinson to up his conditioning, get a little bit stronger. get Get his. I think if you're stronger with the ball, you'll be more confident. And uh, that's something I think he struggled with was his own strength because everyone just falls when he touches them. And I think if he develops a few more moves, he can kind of avoid the contact when he needs to. But uh, so another year of development I think will be huge for him. Uh, there was a time this year, like Cody mentioned, how he looked like a superstar. There's a time I wondered if he would be coming back. I think that's been answered very definitively, that he has to come back and work on his game. Uh, but, yeah, number one, uh, a better game out of Hunter Dickinson. We're moving on to Final Four.
0: I'm going to go through our list of things real quick because it's a lot, and if we talk about every single one, this is going to be a three-hour podcast. So I'm going to just read off the list. Let's keep it to two. <laughs> uh. I'll read off the list, and you guys can pick and choose which ones you guys want to talk about the most. But the list really is just its the myriad of things that went wrong. It was just a perfect storm of horribleness for Michigan that caused them to lose this game. Uh, Just one or two of these things on this list go differently. I think we win. I mean, UCLA only scored 51 points. Um, So the list includes free throws. Michigan's a good free throw shooting team. Uh, <laughs> Brandon's little gulp there. You, it was atrocious. Uh, Dickinson, we talked about him. Franz was non-existent, and then I put and should have been non-existent in the final play. They drew up, uh, but he wasn't. Uh, Chandi was the only guy who could shoot well, but didn't get to shoot much. Mike Smith looked lost. Johnny J had a career shooting day for UCLA. Without him, Michigan would have been up big early. I mean, real big. He had 12 of their first 14. Uh, without him, Michigan's up by 10 going into halftime. So, that's huge. Uh, Eli couldn't buy a layup. A guy yeah. that's typically really great down there uh, couldn't buy a bucket down low. Austin Davis also couldn't do much, which is weird when uh, Dickinson usually struggles. Austin Davis comes in at least gets some effort points whether it's rebounds or just he's a big-time effort man. Um, the refs, we won't talk about them too much probably today, but they, they were rough. Uh, the final play calls, I could talk about the final plays, and probably we will for a few minutes. The way that game ended is the sticking point for me. Even though it was a bad game, the final seconds of that game and how we handled those play calls uh, – that was that was it. And that's why I joked that I was out on Juan. <laughs> just that alone. Uh the next thing was Nope. <laughs> the next thing was actually just a list of why I was so upset with the final plays. <laughs> uh, uh one more to add. Oh there was uh, four four pointers that I had there. All were about the final plays, so that tells you where my mindset
2: was at three AM after that game. Uh one one more to add to your list is the the refusal to have Franz, our best defender, play against their best offensive player. Juzang could not be guarded by Eli, could not be guarded by Chandi. Why not sick Franz on him? He he guarded him a couple times, but coaches have this stubbornness that if if I take Franz off of uh, what the other guy was uh was it Jaime, um, Jaquez? Jaime Jaquez? Yeah, Jaquez. Yeah, uh, he. They were afraid he'd go off. That's fine. Let's just see if he will. We don't know that he will, but we know that Juzang is killing us. Just like Travis said, without Juzang's explosion, that game, no one else was hitting for UCLA. And it's the same thing with, with Michigan football. They few refu- They let the other team's <laughs> best player. Win the game for him. Oh, you've got, uh, what was that, Hamler for Penn State? Yeah, we'll, we'll put our slowest safety on him, single coverage, instead of helping you know double coverage. If we double cover, then they'll be able to run the ball. Well, and let's see them run the ball. We know that this guy is going to torch us because he did for three touchdowns. And we know that Johnny Juzang is on fire. The ball is smoking every time he shoots it. And we're just gonna keep letting him do it. Oh, I, it's that is <laughs> so dumb. You, that is one of the worst coaching decisions I think. And they've stubbornly done it, even throughout the tournament games they won against L- LSU. LSU had a guy throwing up stupid shots, and they're all going in. And who is he throwing them over? Eli Brooks. Eli, I have nothing against Eli, but he's also only six one. Franz Wagner is 6'9", with, like, a wingspan of, like, 12 feet. I mean, he's he's <laughs> mostly just Over-touch. arms. You're take five feet. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is a good defender. Uh, I think he's a little overhyped sometimes as a defender. But he's also underhyped because he also didn't make Big Ten uh, all-defensive team. Or I think he probably was the best defender in the Big Ten. With but at the same time, at the same time, uh, he, he can get beat. He got beat a couple times, but I'd like to see him get beat all game rather than just a couple times, and uh, that's another poor decision. So sorry to rant on that. I had to add that because that was eating me all game. Why are we letting Juzang just kill us? Let's let someone else have a turn, and maybe they'll just miss.
0: 100% in agreement with you. Uh, I was trying to get uh, Hannah to yell from where we were at to put Franz on Juzang, uh, but she didn't want to do it. And I mean, so I didn't want so to do it <laughs> Yeah. So really, uh, it was Hannah's fault. If she, he, she would have yelled it, Howard probably would have put Franz on him a little bit earlier. But uh, we really failed on that one. You guys can blame us. <laughs> uh, 100% right there on, on that one, Brand. That was frustrating. Because uh, I mean, he went off for 18 in the first half. Uh, and Franz guarded him maybe one play on that whole thing, that whole first half. Why not try it? And I get it. Franz was in a little bit of foul trouble. We so ended the first half with two, uh, but at the at the beginning of the second half, he still wasn't on him. Yep. Uh, by the finally the last few minutes of the game, they put him on uh, J- Juzang. But it took till the end of the game to happen. Um, and honestly, I don't think it was because of Franz. His defense that Juzang started missing at the end. I think it was because he hurt his ankle a little bit, and just got out of uh, sync. So frustrating, frustrating. Code, what was your biggest? We're gonna we're gonna end this with talking about the final seconds in the play calling. But what's the the biggest thing that sticks out to you that's just your frustrating point? I mean,
1: honestly, we probably should have potted a few days ago because I expected you guys to come out even more heated than this, Uh, because for the most part, not even for the most part, so far, like, I'm with you. I Juzang, Brandon, I can't say too much about it, because he he nailed it. To see him completely torch Michigan the entire first half, even after that first half, I actually had a little bit of optimism going into the second half, because I thought there's just no way this guy carries on for two straight halves. Um but to see him carry on the way he did, and Michigan seemingly make absolutely zero adjustments to stop that, um, I was probably driving my dad crazy because I was just yelling at the TV around like midnight. Um, I can't say too much about it. You covered it, Brand. That was just infuriating. Um, I was definitely disappointed with the final plays of the game, but I think I will have some takes on that that you guys will not enjoy. <laughs>
2: Yeah, give it to me. I'll, well, I'll jump
1: in once you guys get your frustration out.
0: You said uh, we were, we've been a little more mild than you expected. Well, we haven't talked about the most frustrating part of the game yet, so there's still time. But before we get into that, while we're still kind of on a n- nice streak, I want to tell a story of how nice Cody was after this game. Cody, uh, after, after Ohio State lost, one of their fans <laughs> – Jumped in the DMs (laughs) and just obliterated the uh, players uh, saying horrible, horrible things to Liddell. Uh, I don't
1: care what school you go to. Even if it's Ohio, you you just don't do that.
0: And so Cody, being the kind heart that he is and knowing that that poison is out there, who was it, Cody?
1: Franz Wagner. I knew Franz was probably going to get some pretty nasty DMs
0: that night. So Cody jumps on – the insta jumps in franz wagner's dms and just sends him the nicest message full of encouragement uh throws it into google translator and translates it all into german so he can read it easily no that part's not true we're best buddies but. now <laughs> uh but yeah code man good guy of the year right there way to go just proven that uh michigan fans are all right and ohio state fans aren't so good job <laughs> Well, what's unfortunate is that when you get any big
1: fan base like Michigan or Ohio, I, we both have those fans. Um, there are plenty of awful Michigan fans out there, and I mean, I'm They're glad <laughs> I, I'm glad I haven't heard anything yet about people coming after the Michigan players, but I wouldn't be surprised if things have already been said. So,
0: any way to counter that? <laughs> all right, so now we're gonna get nasty. Now that we are nice. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna jump into the end of the game. My most frustrating focal point of this game, the last 30 seconds, uh, maybe the last minute. Uh, I have a video where Michigan went up 43 to 42. They took the lead with, I think four minutes left in the game. And the crowd is going bonkers. And I recorded all the way through the UCLA's offensive possession. And just in case, because I knew if we got to stop there when we're leading 43-42, this crowd's going to go bananas and that the momentum's going to shift. Like, it was just going to be an awesome moment. Uh, And then at the end of my video, uh, Tiger just drives to the hole for an easy layup. (laughs) And the crowd just goes silent. Uh, So there was points like that leading up that I know the final minutes of this game wasn't the be-all, end-all. When you score 49, you can't blame the end of the game, uh, the outcome solely on one minute of the game. But the end of this game was so atrocious in my book, and I'll tell you why. When UCLA scored, I think there was a minute left, or there was 30 seconds or whatever, when Mike Smith was dribbling up the court under a minute left, we were down by one point. We only needed to score two points to be winning, and Mike Smith pulls up for a three. Well, like I get it. He's 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 hit some big shots, and I feel like he's kind of thinks he's Mister Big Shot because he did that with the Ohio State game and some other games. He pulls up in late game situations. Missed that shot. Uh, but my word, dude! We only needed two points. The whole second half, the only way we found points was feeding it down to to uh, Dickinson. Why not – we had time. Why not work it for a good shot? Why not try to get a high percentage shot? Uh, I mean, different story if he makes it. I'm seeing his praise for being a hero and brave and doing – being great. But he didn't, and it's easy to point out why it was dumb. Code? I mean, how many times, though, have we seen throughout the years where
1: some kid makes a big three in the final seconds like that to put his team ahead, and he's just
0: the hero of the night? You know what? If he drove to the hole and got fouled and made two free throws, we're w- winning, and we're the heroes of the night. The I, I, the I night. do
1: agree, and I don't think it was a great shot. He was leaning forward. He had like he was not very balanced on the shot. I'm thinking Mike Smith doesn't necessarily have the greatest inside game, even though Tiger Campbell. That's not a bad matchup for him. And I'm not saying but Mike not Smith.
0: Time, I'm not saying Mike Smith should have just drove it, but. We could have worked it for something better. How much time was left on the clock at that moment? I don't remember at that moment, but enough to not have to do a
1: step back three. It was panic time, I think.
0: Um, We've already mentioned that
1: these players, a few of them, kind of looked like deer out in the headlights. I don't think they were ready for this stage, playing in empty stadiums all season long. Um, I'm not sure he knew that he had enough time, and you do have to be aware of that. I can't just excuse him from not knowing how much time is on the clock. But there was not a ton of time left. And my money is honestly not on Mike Smith to make that shot contested in the lane. Um, He did have one open look that he might have been able to work it. And like I said, I'm not saying the shot he took was the best. But he did have a chance. He did have the opening, and ultimately it just didn't fall. Now, one thing I do want to point out is I think you guys were really harping on Juwan's postgame comments about getting the looks that we wanted. Um, And I realize that's not necessarily like the all-time greatest look that we could get there. But I do think there's a certain point where it doesn't do you any good to kind of acknowledge that, yeah, we didn't want Mike taking that shot. I think a little bit of just saying that we like the looks we got is kind kind of taking the heat off that player a little bit. And just moving on. You know, the shot just didn't fall. There's no point in making this kid feel
0: even worse about the way the final game unfolded. The final moments of the game unfolded. I'm holding the mic, so I'm pulling it away from you, Code, because I'm fine with saying on that shot, but that shot was one of three where we had three opportunities at the end. And so if you want to defend that shot, fine. I'll fight you
1: on two of the three.
0: Two of the three? Two of the three. All right, dude. You're going down hard. Here here it goes. Get ready, everyone. All right. uh, I'll let you say your next one. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I'm okay. Like, Mike, I wish we would have done something different on that first possession. Brandon is dying over (laughs) 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 there. Brandon (laughs) is just making a (laughs) horrible face. And I think it's because Cody's ready to defend two of the three. Is that why? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's saying yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So... That first shot, I'll listen to arguments. I'll he, listen was, to he was falling but-
2: forward. He didn't even barely set his feet. He sprints down. There's plenty of time left. And he just, oh, he doesn't even stop his momentum. He's, like, doing a layup three. Like, set, square your shoulders, set your feet, and shoot it without taking your momentum through to the backboard. Like, ah. Uh, You know what? You're right.
0: I was being too soft on Cody and Juwan and Mike right there. Cody, you talked me into being too nice. No. Brandon, you're 100% right. That was a baloney
2: play. It's the same thing that they tried at Ohio State. They didn't need a three. And they didn't need it from Mike Smith doing a – Ohio State is a step back. Like, you're off balance. It's a low percentage shot. You have higher percentage shots that we need. We don't need a hero. You want a hero? So, <laughs> how about this? How about 9 million socially conscious and unified citizens all just stepping up and doing their part? How about that?
0: What? <laughs> what, what are you
2: on right now? What?
1: <laughs> You're going to have to clarify that one.
2: <laughs> well, that's just a quote from the other guys. But the point is, <laughs> as a team, you don't need... Dancing and Highsmith to jump from a nine-story building, right? That's a low percentage shot. You just need everyone together, you know, executing the plan. And if the plan is to have Mike Smith jack up a running three, that's a bad plan, and that falls on the coach. So Cody's saying, like, yeah, he's defending his player. Okay, I can work with that. Fall on the sword and say, I made the bad call. Yeah, I always feel confident about about Mike Smith shooting a three. They had, the, they had the timeout beforehand. They had plenty of time to draw up a play, and the play was, oh, I'm just going to sprint down, chuck up a three, and it's time for me to be a hero. I can be your hero, baby. No, just get the right shot. And if you miss the shot in the post, like, we'll live with that. But, yeah, Travis is right. If he makes You're- it, yeah, we're all happy. Of course, because they'd win. That's but they not could, could my also argument. win with a layup.
1: That's not my argument. So you can you can be bad, mad at Mike Smith. It was not a great shot. I will 100% give you that. Could have gone in possibly, and I would have liked to have seen them work it for a better shot. I'm with you on that. But to say that that's 100% what Juan drew up, you can't know that. You're limited by what the defense gives you. And if a guy like Mike Smith, who usually runs with a fair amount of confidence, sees that he has the open shot... He might just take it. And I think that if Juwan didn't draw that up, he's not going to come out in the press conference and say that Mike Smith went off script. I think he's just going to say we had an open look and it didn't fall. Yeah, but he said so we got the look if we that's,
2: wanted. That's telling me. and That's the exact same verbiage he used against Ohio State, that that is what they drew up. Same thing with the Franz call. That That's, that's the shot that they wanted. So, okay,
0: okay, so if excellent. we're talking. I can fix this for you guys real quick. Because what he was actually said in his quote was that we got the shot we wanted, but there's not much you can do with 0.5 seconds. So that quote yeah, was can. technically j- you can hit yeah, it. Yeah. Toss okay. it to
2: well, – I agree. Hold on. Yeah. Let,
1: let the man finish. Toss it to That was Dickinson. not about Mike Smith's shot. He didn't make the comment about Mike Smith's shot. That might not be what he drew up. It wasn't a great shot, but he's not going to just
0: absolutely rip on the kid who's probably weeping in the locker room right now. I'm fine with that, but – There was two more threes that happened after that. Let's talk about them. Let's get into those. The very next one, who shot that next three code? Franz Wagner. Who should have not shot that last, that both last threes, but the second shot, who should not have shot it? Franz Wagner. Who should have shot it? Anyone but Franz (laughs) Wagner. My vote is Chauncey Brown. Yes. 100%. Yep. Yeah, at least draw something up for Chandi. Like I get it. Sometimes you draw a play up, and they're guard him. Like if Chandi's on the floor, he's shooting hot. They're gonna put a hot, a big guy, a good defender on him, and he might not get open. He might not get a good look. But you know what? That pulls the defenses focus to a guy who's a hot shooter, and that opens up so many other and things. It Five seconds. It
2: open, and then he tips it Down in. Down Michigan wins. For-
0: he doesn't even have to tip it in. 0. 0.5 seconds, you know what you can do with that? Juwan Howard, you can freaking dunk the ball. You can catch it, gather, and dunk. 0. 0.5 seconds legally, you can do anything with the ball. You can't yep. do much with that? That's baloney. That is baloney. You can do anything with 0. 0.5 seconds. You didn't have to throw it to a fadeaway fronds in the corner for a horrible shot. All right, so you skipped right over the second one.
1: The third one, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. It. I hated that look. Um, it shouldn't have been in Franz's hands. It was like a fadeaway, basically falling away, just quick bop it into the hoop from the three-point line. Very low percentage. I'm with you. Like, playing devil's advocate, they were playing a pack 2-3 knowing they were going to bring it right into the paint, and that's what Juan was trying to counter, in my opinion. So I understand like his thinking, um, but one, it shouldn't have been in Franz's hands. I have no idea why that was drawn up for him. You're right. There's no defending that one. That was Juwan's plan right there. Uh, horrible play. Uh, but to also pretty low percentage. But let's say that play is drawn up for Chandy Brown. The man lives off of making threes with people right in his face. Yes. I don't hate that I don't hate that play if it's drawn up for Chondi. Chandy thrives under those He's the incredibly king, tough shots. The king of the contested three. He He is. So, yeah, I didn't love that play. You skipped over the second one. The second one is definitely a matter of contention, but there's plenty of time left on the clock. They have a screen up at the wing, and they leave Franz wide open. Yeah, that was smart. And they smart. knew exactly what they're doing. Yep. They knew what they coaching. were doing. That was irresistible for him because you can't say that that was what Juwan wanted. Maybe maybe, maybe I, he would I incur that shot. I think most likely
2: they wanted Franz judging to, by to drive.
1: Yeah, and that's a great look. That man can be running straight to the opposite three-point line and lay it in around the rim. He can lay it in around a mountain with those 12-foot-long arms. Well, he didn't that night, though. But that's excellent (laughs) coaching by Mick Cronin to tell his players to give him the space that makes that three-point shot irresistible, and he took it. And rather than just absolutely crucifying this kid for the horrible game that he played, he simply just left it simple and said, you know what, we got the looks we wanted, but they didn't fall. It was a tough situation. Sometimes it happens like that.
0: Jumping to the last three, <laughs> uh, where Joan Howard literally said we got the shot we wanted with .5 seconds left. Yeah, that's garbage. That Going back to that, when I was in the eighth grade basketball <laughs> championship game, we were down by one point with... 10 seconds left. We dribbled up, tall timeout. There was three seconds left for an inbounds on a sideline. You know what we did? We drew it up to go to our big guy down low. Because that's a high percentage freaking shot. And you know what? They guarded the big guy down low. Shout out Jordan. Had a great game that day. Uh they guarded him super hard. And you know what happened? Because they guarded him? We got an open shot at the corner of the free throw line. Free throw line, not a three, because they were sinking in so deep that we got a realistic shot, and we won that game with a buzzer beater. Yeah. And that was eighth-grade coaching. Eighth-grade coaching, Juwan. That's – Eighth-grade coaching, drew something up to go down low with seconds left. You know what? There was three seconds, so we could do something. 0.5 seconds, Juwan. You can catch the ball, shoot. You can do so much. Screen hard, move around. Yeah, Maybe he knew that Dickinson was lethargic that night or something. I don't know. Maybe there's something we don't know. But unless that's the case, that was the worst last-second play call
1: ever. You know, I think maybe Juwan was just trying to be a little too cute there, a little too clever for his own good. I don't think he watched Hoosiers recently enough. He tried to pull the last play. You know, they're going to be Garden Jimmy real tight. Let's get it to somebody else who's going to be wide open. They're not going to be guarding Franz tight. They're going to be packing the lane, and nobody's going to be able to get a hand high enough to contest his shot. And he had his chance to work out his jitters with the last one. He's going to make this one. I still think it was the wrong choice, but he definitely didn't learn his lesson. you got to go to Jimmy, which is essentially anyone but Franz in that moment.
0: <laughs> and are very good at playing devil's advocate because that made like, a lot of sense. Uh, I, I agreed that it made sense. I don't agree with you.
2: Or, or the call, but that made sense. No,
1: you agree with me because this this is the third one that I'm with you guys. I hated that play call. Ultimately, I fought you on the first two.
2: Ultimately, I, I I don't blame Franz. He had the open look. I I think Travis's example that it's you know like eighth grade basketball. You know these are the kids, and some are playing well, some are not. You're gonna have good games. You're gonna have bad games. It's up to the coach to put the players in the position to succeed. So you know. It's tough. You know, like Mike Smith, that shot, it's probably a shot he's been dreaming of since he was a little kid. Franz Wagner, same thing. You know, I tell you what, when I was a kid, I went to school, I made my bed, and at age 11, I audited my parents. And let me tell you, there were some discrepancies, and I was grounded.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, I caught that one at least. (laughs)
2: That's the point to keep us on our toes. Gotta, You gotta put them in position to succeed Or else you know, you're know you gonna be in all kinds of trouble So
1: The problem is I don't remember how Mark Wahlberg responded to that situation <laughs> Or else I would've just screamed in your face
2: That
0: uh, would've been an accurate representation of Mark Wahlberg responding <laughs>
1: <laughs> What the heck are you talking about, Alan? This is real life This isn't your 11-year-old your fantasy world we're living in Wake up!
2: We're the Febreze brothers because we're feeling so fresh right now. If I was a shark and you were a tuna,
1: (laughs) I would swim out in the ocean and freaking eat you. (laughs) Uh,
2: All right, moving on. (laughs) To what? (laughs) Do you got got any more positive points that we can tear (laughs) apart, Cody?
1: Uh, Not off the top of my head. That was essentially it. I was ready just to defend – uh, against being out on Juwan Howard. Um, I will say, I don't think he should have won Coach of the Year. Uh, Mark Few. That I think.
2: Mark Few? I, is yeah, the Mark Coach
1: Few. Of the year. Mark
2: Few, 100%. <laughs> you can literally win every game. Like, what else do you got to do?
1: <laughs> Week conference? Sure. I don't care. N- I mean, they according to March Madness, points. so was the Big Ten. Yeah. A little bit overrated, maybe. We might need to talk about that some in the future. I don't know, but yeah, that was a little questionable to me, but I mean, like you said, Brand, the guy establishes culture. He is incredible on the recruiting trail. Number one recruiting class, baby. I'm still high on Juwan. This is his first NCAA tournament as a coach. He made some mistakes, but he also had some fantastic outings, and if he's a lover of basketball, that night is going to be living in his head for a long time. He's going to go back to the film, and he's going to diagnose what went wrong, and he's going to have the opportunity to learn from the mistakes that were made. I hope so. Now, time will tell whether or not, yeah, that he actually grows from this situation, but I think he will. I think he's a smart dude, and I still think the future is very, very bright for Michigan basketball.
0: I'm not I'm not totally out on Juwan Code. Yes, you are. Trey, I, no. I already established that he's not. <laughs> But you said he'll go back and learn from mistakes. I'm not convinced yeah, he thinks I'm not either. he made any mistakes yep. yet based on what he said, that we got the, the shot we wanted. Same
2: shots they took uh, against Ohio State.
0: Yeah, so there's something that seemingly is missing there, and hopefully he, gets, he can figure that out. Hopefully he does learn from some of those mistakes that seem glaring to us. Uh, but they don't seem as glaring to him. I don't think right now, and that's concerning to me. But we still had a. I'll go positive again. Looking back at the year, it was a fantastic year. Like I got to go to this round of thirty-two game too. Where they beat be a, a very good LSU team. That was awesome. Yep. Uh, they had a. They won the Big Ten Conference. They did. They did great. There a lot of players that were fun to watch. Uh, so overall, fantastic year. Howard did win AP Coach of the Year, even though well, we may not agree. Even if he got second place, if few would have got first place Coach of the Year, uh, Howard had a great year. So I, I'm really harping on how it ended. And that's, I mean, as a Michigan fan, we're, isn't that how we have felt lately? Like we feel like we can't have nice things. Yeah. We get to this point where we are gifted – an opportunity to play a UCLA team that Michigan State should have beaten
2: yeah, in the first four. It, if freaking Aaron Henry knows how to box out on a free throw or if Tom Izzo doesn't decide to fight his own players, then maybe we are still going on. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: You can't blame it on that sequence of events though, because I mean, sure, we have hindsight that's showing us the way things turned out, but how could you possibly choose to play Alabama over UCLA?
2: I don't know. Did you see Alabama play UCLA? Actually, Alabama might be a great matchup for Michigan. You, Did you don't see know UCLA
1: play Michigan? They didn't win that game. Michigan lost. No, you're right. You do not you're right. win a game you're in Division One right. basketball scoring 49 points. You're right. That is Michigan appalling. lost
2: that game, and they might have lost to Alabama as well. But I'm still mad at Michigan State because I, I lost money on that game, and stupid <laughs> Tom Izzo just decides that he has to get in the face of his players. Uh I know that Spartans think that that's just good old fashioned coaching. Well, then why did Gabe Brown suck in the second half when he had an excellent first half? Sure, he missed one switch for a three, for actually a long two. Well, you just sacrificed the second half because he was out of the game. They immediately go on a run to erase Michigan State's 11 point lead. I go to bed at halftime. I get texts from you guys saying, Did you see that? I see the replay and instantly think, <laughs> Crap. I just lost my bet. Michigan State's up 11. It's <laughs> halftime. I knew the game was over. That's the most I've bet on a game all year. And I lost it because Tom Izzo choked it away. Oh, Thanks a lot, Izzo. Thanks my, a lot, Henry. <laughs> big old black takeaway, X.
0: Even, <laughs> even more so than the fight like and the bickering between the team and the coaches and players is – Look at Izzo in that second half. He just sat there with his hands, like, on his face, n- n- elbow on his knee. He just looked d- d- out of it. Uh, he looked sad and looked like, well, if we lose this, whatever. That's what we deserve. I'm like, dude, you're in March Madness. Like, look like you want to be out there. Look like you're ready to support your players. And I know Spart. like, I read through the comments of the videos on social media and nine out of ten of them were in defense of Izzo uh, and Gabe. Like, they were just like, oh, some of them were, were more angry at Gabe, and they should be, I think, because it's ridiculous to get in your coach's face like that. But Izzo ran out to
2: him and just grabbed him by the shirt. Dude, and, if like, you're going to yell at him, and... wait five seconds and do it in the locker room. Like, you don't have to yeah, embarrass him. It also the guy looked like Gabe
1: Brown TV. was about to snap. Like, I think he walked away because he needed to walk away. And he just could not take that any longer.
2: If I was Gabe Brown, I would have snapped a lot earlier on Tom Izzo. I feel like Gabe Brown and Marcus Bingham have been, for whatever reason, they've been in Izzo's doghouse all year. Even though they're better players than the guys who are taking playing time from them, they must have bad practices or something about their attitude. I don't know what it is. But guess what, Izzo? You recruited those guys, so that's on you too.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, those Michigan alumni and – Players that Izzo gets in it with, like when they fight, they all are the guys that come back the next year and they're like a team captain. Yeah. Or so like it's like they they love it. I encourage that. Like Aaron Hen- when Aaron Henry got chewed out uh, two years ago now, the players were the ones getting in between them, and everyone's like, "Oh, good on them! That's such good leadership." I'm like, oh, "Let's look at good leadership from Izzo. Let's look at good leadership from Aaron Henry. <laughs> he was like, gonna eat his face off." And yeah. now Aaron Henry this year was the guy that was kind of getting in between players and coaches. And I'm thinking, why do you need to get in between them? Well, I, I like good old fashioned coaching. I like it when a player who needs to get yelled at gets yelled at. But,
1: well, come on. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just a on. bad look. Everyone, Shades of Bobby Knight.
2: Yeah, everyone points back to that Aaron Henry time and they're like, look at Aaron Henry now. Like, they, they almost act like that was like the turning point in his career if,
1: at, with, That's what spawned his greatness brand. With
2: Aaron Henry's <laughs> skill set, with with actual good like, player development, he should have been in the NBA last year. Like, he had no business still being at, at State. He has such great NBA talent that I still feel like he never reached his potential at Michigan State. And a part of that, I think, is probably because of the way he was coached. You have to have confidence. You have to – have the green light and you can't know you you have to know that if you make one mistake that you're not going to get your head bit off and you're not going to have to have your coach physically restrained from coming at you by your senior leader so i'm i'm still upset about that uh some people love it i mean joan howard and isaiah livers had a very similar experience earlier this year michigan fans were like oh that's so great they can they they're so competitive it's a bad look Players and coaches shouldn't be screaming in each other's faces. Just, <laughs> oh, grow up. uh Oh, Brad, I think I lost oh, you guys. Your audio
0: connection has been lost. Attempting to reconnect. Hello, Brandon. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully, Brandon has
2: been talking about really great,
0: hey, great things during this time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was my uh, tech. That was my technical difficulties music.
0: <laughs> All right. And we're back. That's a sign, I think.
2: We should put in an ad there. <laughs> Get some revenue. Ooh, that's yeah. not a bad idea.
0: Yeah. Uh, anybody out there who wants to sponsor this bad boy, hit us up. Uh, Some Kirsten's rubber nipples.
1: This message is brought to you by Kernston's Rubber Nipples. Hi, I'm Martin Kernston of Kernsten's Rubber Nipples. You're likely listening to this podcast because you refuse to settle for anything less than excellence when it comes to entertainment. So why are you still settling for average when it comes to baby bottle rubber nipples? Our competitors use abrasive materials that hurt the mouth and discourage the suckle. Our polyblonde rubber material is soft, supple, and guaranteed to leave you satisfied and smiling. So when it comes to the suck, try a company that doesn't. Kernston's tastes just like the real thing.
0: Uh, (laughs) Whatever it is. Tastes like the Uh, real thing. So, (laughs) to wrap this bad boy up, we just wanted to talk about our uh, bracket challenge that we've been running this year. Oh, no. We had a good chunk of people. (laughs) (laughs) Brent, I looked looked you up just now during that commercial break. And, yes, you made a great comeback for right now. So bad. (laughs) So, a good chunk of all of us on there are putting up some of the worst bracket numbers I've ever seen. It is amazing how bad they are. I'm sitting in uh, right in the middle of the pack, and so is Brandon now. Brandon was looking rough before that Elite Eight. The Elite Eight, I think, saved you, Bran. It, it uh, was rough. One of my rough. favorite parts. <laughs> uh, Brandon's wife was beating him for the majority of this and still could beat him, and that would be hilarious. she better not ever let you live that down if that happens but what we were hoping to do was possibly have the winner of our bracket challenge come on the pod and talk to us and right now in first place we've got matt bruner shout out to you matt uh his name on the bracket is i won last year so apparently he's going for a a repeat he has got the formula down
2: he's got uh gonzaga winning too so he's gonna win (laughs)
0: Yeah, he's got a really good shot at winning this. Uh, and then in second place, Nathan. Uh, he's got Illinois, so it's going to be hard for him to finish strong, but he could. Uh, and we may just have Nathan on the pod here shortly as our Michigan State correspondent. Uh, nobody covers the Sparties quite like Nate does. So, Nate, we'll probably have you on here in the future, uh, win or lose of this bracket challenge. But he's sitting at second. Then, third place, our own all day Code day. What? Right oh. there. And Code, you've got a lot of potential points left. You could pull this off. Oh, really? I, I hadn't noticed that. <laughs> so, Code. I'm and, coming for you, Matt. If uh, if Code, if you end up winning this, I think that means you need to uh, stick with the pod long term again. Well, I'll at least be on for one more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll be obligated to it then. Oh, time. dude. Yeah, Code. That's three. That would be the
2: ultimate disrespect <laughs> if
1: I actually won the bracket challenge. It's just like, nah, I'm, I'm good.
2: Uh, oh, you have Houston beating Baylor. That's going to be big. Ooh. That's going to
1: be a big decider because I don't think really anybody else has that. Yeah. Um, we'll have to check and see what Matt has going forward.
0: Oh, no. Oh, he does have Houston. And <laughs> Matt Montana. picked Houston as well.
1: Okay, so it looks like Matt won. <laughs>
0: Matt, impressive final four picks. Good job, man. So, awesome job there. Uh, the madness is about to commence, but thank goodness we made it through it with minimal COVID effects. It has been awesome to have all of March Madness in one city. Indianapolis did a fantastic job of hosting this tournament. Uh, and I was so happy to get to go to finally see my team play in March Madness for the first time ever. Even though it wasn't the ending for Michigan State and for Michigan that we were hoping for this year, fantastic years of madness, fantastic March. And as it wraps up, uh, we may talk a little bit more of the wrap-up. So much is happening in the transfer portal. Michigan's getting a ton of recruits, number one recruit class. Michigan State's got great recruits coming in. We'll talk probably what's going to happen with Amoni Bates. Uh, they've got some other good recruits coming in and they've got guys transferring out like crazy Rocket Watts, man, that's huge
1: NFL drafts coming up NFL plans on having full capacity for their games this year things are starting to look up and you can bet that we will be here to cover all of this so thanks for joining us tonight and
0: Cody's from- back
2: <laughs> later everybody